0: Years ago, there was a movie about penguins. It's pretty popular, March of the Penguins. It's a National Geographic movie with Morgan Freeman narrating this amazing story of how a fragile penguin egg survives temperatures that can go below 80 below zero. Thousands of emperor penguins huddle in the cold. The males and females take turns incubating the egg because while one sits on it, the other goes to eat. The thing is, eating happens very far away from where they're all standing around. It can take up to four months for the females to get to the water, eat, and then waddle their way back. So when they return, how do they know which male is their mate who's incubating their egg? Nobody's wearing ID bracelets, like hospitals might put put on a mother or father or the baby, Nobody looks much different than anybody else. You know how they identify themselves? By voice. A voice is just about as unique as a fingerprint. Parents told me before I had a child, and that's true. When you hear your baby crying, you're going to be able to tell that it is, in fact, yours. Each child has a distinctive cry. And different cries. You can tell which one is real, which one might be a little more whiny. All kinds of cries. Or even without looking to see who's calling before I answer the phone, I can usually tell who's on the other end because caller ID is in my ear. Like, voices are that unique. Voices also, I find, stick with us. Think of a person, anybody in your day-to-day life. See their face in your mind's eye. Can you hear them say something? Can you imagine their voice? I did this uh, just yesterday, paged through a photo album of people dead many years. I can still hear their voice when I think of something they would say. I remember a, a preaching professor of mine, I can hear the way he'd say, where's the good news preacher? Or as I vacuum my house, I can hear my dad say, Don't miss the corners. You got to get down in there with the attachments. That's what they're for. I can hear my grandmother saying, Now give grandma love, meaning she wants a hug. Voices stick with us. What does the voice of God sound like? Can you hear it? There's lots of texts throughout Scripture that talk about the voice of the Lord as one which creates, breaks, shakes, claims, and calls. Scripture claims that God has a voice. Can you hear it? We're told uh, by many different sources of what our image of God is kind of supposed to be. Lots of times, and I mentioned this in a sermon recently, that, you know, if you look up God on the internet, basically it's a, an old white man with a white beard. The voice of God has less correct answer given out. What do you hear when you think of the voice of God? The first thing we're told about God in the book of Genesis is that God's voice has this power to create in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, God said, let there be light and there was light. God could have created everything with dump trucks, steam shovels, lots of hard work, like a gardener trying to create a very beautiful garden. But Genesis speaks of creation coming about simply through voiced words of God, let there be light and there was. Genesis does not go to the trouble of saying, well, and here's what the voice sounded like, as though, you know, you should be looking for a deep or a high voice and In The Magician's Nephew, which is one of the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis, the author imagines what that creation event in Genesis may have sounded like. He imagines the voice of God. A magician, his nephew Diggory, and an old working horse that's been pulling carriages around London for cab fares his whole adult life have found their way into a dark, quiet, nothingness of a world. And the Chronicles say, in the darkness something was happening at last. It was very far away and Diggory found it hard to decide from what direction it was coming. Sometimes it seemed to come from all directions at once. Sometimes he almost thought it was coming out of the earth beneath them. Its lower notes were deep enough to be the voice of the earth itself. There were no words... There was hardly even a tune, but it was, beyond comparison, the most beautiful noise he'd ever heard. It was so beautiful, he could hardly bear it. The horse seemed to like it, too. He gave the sort of whinny a horse would give if, after years of being a cab horse, it found itself back in the old field where it had played as a a foal and saw someone whom it remembered and loved coming across the field to bring it a lump of sugar. It was so beautiful he could hardly bear it. That voice spoken of in Genesis, which created all things, was not finished after the Sabbath day. It's not as if God looked upon creation and thought, all done. No, God does not keep silent throughout the Old Testament. The Hebrews speak of carrying on a relationship with this creating vocal God. The Lord voices orders to Noah to build an ark. The Lord voices a promise to Abraham that he'll have land, descendants, and that through him he'll bless everyone. He voices commandments to Moses to provide order for humankind. And he comes to a scared, lonely prophet, Elijah, in a still small voice, urging him to keep living. That creating voice which C.S. Lewis imagines to be so beautiful we could hardly bear it can also be powerful, commanding, reassuring. The Hebrew people sang a song about the voice of the Lord. Psalm 29 says, The voice of the Lord is a powerful voice, a voice of splendor. It breaks the cedar trees, splits the flames of fire, shakes the wilderness, makes the oak trees writhe. Makes me think of my, at least in my mind's eye, my giant principal in elementary school, Mr. Chamberlain. You know, his voice was authority, justice, fairness, represented the bottom line, like period. I'm sure you've had authority figures in your life who when they spoke, you felt your wilderness shaken, your oak trees writhed. But the overture that is the voice of the Lord is not completely understood by only considering how it creates and commands. There's so much more to this voice. Now, when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form, like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. Jesus of Nazareth, born to Mary, wife of Joseph, about 30 years old, living around Galilee as he is baptized by John, hears the voice of the Lord claim Him. The voice with the power to create, the, the ability to command, this time claims, you are my son. Can you hear it? This beautiful voice able to create all things, this powerful voice able to shake a wilderness this parental voice, willing to claim you as God's child, can you hear it? Sometimes we wonder whether whether God even cares anymore. I mean, that it's been a week since all that happened at the Capitol. It, it, it's incredible to me how meaningless time has become. But as I've thought about all the different issues that the fallout from this past week, I mean. To call it political chaos, it just doesn't even do it justice, does it? But we wonder, does God even care anymore? Like, where is God in all this? Or all the other usual issues that I list at this time of the sermon, climate change and racial injustice and natural disasters and there's cancer and there's grief and disease and depression, you could, you could add to the list, all kinds of stuff. And so we might wonder, is God just remaining silent? The Old Testament teaches us that God doesn't like remaining quiet for very long. God just can't help but be in constant conversation with God's people, whether they've been bad or good. Because when God makes a claim with God's voice, God sticks to those claims through all that life and even death can bring. God claims Jesus as son at The baptism and sticks with him through his difficult ministry, his trial and persecution, his crucifixion, and even through his three-day death. When we are baptized, we're baptized into that Son of God. We're put in Christ. And so, God's claim on Jesus applies to us just as much. You are mine, One of the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. God made a claim on your life at Jesus' baptism, and then at your baptism, and will stick through all that life and death will bring to you. The voice of the Lord that creates, commands, and claims, claims you and the life you live. Can you hear it? Do you stop long enough during your days to, to hear the powerful splendor of the voice of the Lord, that voice that is so beautiful you can hardly bear it? Sometimes we think that maybe the only ways that we can recognize that voice is in prayer or in silence. And I'm not saying those aren't possibly ways that we could hear God's voice. For sure they are but we can also hear God's voice in conversation with other brothers and sisters who are in Christ with us. They may hear it better than we do some days. Because as much as the voice of the Lord can create, command, and claim, it does even more. It calls us to. That voice calls us to repent, to not keep so much, to love our neighbor as much as ourselves, to follow Jesus That voice calls us to learn more about Him, to live in community with others, to forgive as we've been forgiven, to love as we've been loved. We are claimed and called by the voice of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen.